Sermons 115 and 116. Commentary in the Gospel of Luke. Sermons 111 through 125. By Cyril of Alexandria. Translated by R. Payne Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Luke 17, 7 through 18. Verse 7. But which of you having a servant ploughing or feeding cattle? In the verses which precede, a long and important discourse has been addressed to us by the Lord, to show unto us the paths which lead unto honor, and to manifest the glories of the blameless life, that, making progress therein, and advancing zealously unto whatsoever is admirable, we may attain unto the prize of our high calling. But, since it is the nature of the mind of man ever to be carried away into vaingloriousness, and to be afflicted most readily with a tendency thereto, and, since a pretext for this fault is often given by the being distinguished before God for some of the noblest virtues, and, since it is a sin grievous and hateful unto God, for the serpent, the author of evil, leads men sometimes into such a state of mind, as for them to imagine, perhaps, that God even owes them the highest honors, when their life is glorious and distinguished. To draw us away from such passions, he sets before us the purport of the lessons which have just been read, teaching us thereby, under the form of an example, that the might of sovereign authority demands everywhere of its slaves subjection as a debt. For the Lord, he says, will not acknowledge any gratitude to the slave, even if all that is due be done by him, according to what becomes the condition of a slave. Here observe, I pray, that the disciples, yea, all who are subject to the scepter of Christ the Saviour of us all, are encouraged unto industry, but that, not as though they rendered unto him their service as a favor, but as discharging the debt of obedience incumbent upon slaves. And hereby the accursed malady of vainglory is done away. For if thou doest that which is thy due, why pridest thou thyself? Seest thou not that if thou dischargest not thy debt, there is danger, and that if thou dost discharge it, no gratitude is owed thee? which truth that admirable servant Paul, having well learned and understood, says, If I preach the gospel, I have no cause of boasting, for a necessity is laid upon me. But woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And again, I am a debtor, he says, of the preaching of the doctrine, both to Greeks and barbarians, both to wise and to foolish. If therefore thou hast done well, and hast kept the divine commands, and hast obeyed thy Lord, ask not honour of God as thy due, but rather draw near, supplicating for the gifts of his bounty. Bear in mind that also among us masters acknowledge no gratitude when any of their slaves perform their appointed service, though often by their bounty they gain the good will of their faithful servants, and so beget in them a more ready alacrity. Similarly, God demands of us the service of slaves, using the right of his sovereign authority. But as being good and bountiful, he promises also rewards to those who labor. And the greatness of his bounty far surpasses the labors of his subjects, 
as paul shall prove unto you writing the sufferings of the present season are not worthy to the glory about to be revealed upon us yea though we are slaves he calls us sons and crowns us with the honour which becometh children and observe that each one having first attended to his own flesh so must take charge of the good of others for he who cannot govern his own house well how shall he take care of the church verse twelve ten lepers met him again the saviour manifests unto us his glory and by working godlike miracles endeavours to win senseless israel unto faith obdurate though he was and unbelieving what argument then will avail him at the day of judgment for refusing to accept salvation through christ especially when they themselves heard his words and were eye-witnesses of his ineffable miracles for which reason he said himself of them if i had not come and spoken unto them they had not had sin and again if i had not done among them the works which no other man did they had not had sin but now they have both seen and hated both me and my father the cleansing of the lepers as i said just above was a plain demonstration of his miraculous power for by the law of moses they were shut out of the cities and villages as being impure this then will suffice i suppose for introductory remarks the lepers then having met the saviour earnestly besought him to free them from their misery and called him master that is teacher no one pitied them when suffering this malady but he who had appeared on earth for this very reason and had become man that he might show pity unto all he was moved with compassion for them and had mercy upon them verse fourteen he said unto them go and show yourselves unto the priest and why did he not rather say i will be ye cleansed as he did in the case of another leper but commanded them rather to show themselves unto the priest it was because the law gave directions to this effect to those who were delivered from leprosy for it commanded them to show themselves to the priest and to offer a sacrifice for their cleansing he commanded them therefore to go as being already healed and that they might so to speak bear witness to the priests as the rulers of the jews and ever envious of his glory that wonderfully and beyond their hope they had been delivered from their misfortune by christ willing that they should be healed he did not heal them first but sent them to the priest because the priest knew the marks of leprosy and of its being healed he sent them to the priest and with them he sent also the healing what however was the law of leprosy and what the rules for its purification and what the meaning of each of the particulars commanded by the law we have more fully described at the commencement of our saviour's miracles as recorded by luke and referring thither such as are anxious for learning let us now proceed to what follows the nine then as being jews falling into a thankless forgetfulness did not return to give glory to god by which he shows that israel was hard of heart and utterly unthankful 
but the stranger for as being a samaritan he was of foreign race having been brought thither from assyria for the phrase is not without meaning in the middle of samaria and galilee returned with a loud voice to glorify god it shows therefore that the samaritans were grateful but that the jews even when benefited were ungrateful End of Sermons 115 and 116